Let us pray. Lord, may the words that come from my mouth be inspired by your Holy Spirit. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in response to Elizabeth's declaration, Mary bursts into song. I'm bursting with God news. I'm dancing the song of my Saviour God. God took one look at me and look what happened. I'm the most fortunate woman on earth. What God has done for me will never be forgotten. The God whose very name is holy set apart from all others. His mercy flows in wave after wave on those who are in awe before him. He bared his arm and showed his strength, scattered the bluffing braggards. He knocked the tyrants off their high horses, pulled victims out of the mud. The starving poor sat down to a banquet. The callous rich were left out in the cold. He embraced his chosen child Israel. He remembered and piled on the mercies, piled them high. It's exactly what he promised, beginning with Abraham and right up to now. I just love the way that Eugene Peterson phrases the Magnificat or the Song of Mary in his message translation. Not that I dislike the traditional words which I've heard and said and sung since I was a child. It's just that this is a fresh way of hearing the words, which gives a different perspective, a new life and energy to one of the most well-known songs of Scripture. You might not have thought of the Bible as a songbook, but it is. You might be familiar with Psalms, laments, Song of Songs and scattered songs throughout like the Magnificat. But I like to think that the whole Bible is God's love song to humanity. But what about the gory bits in the Old Testament, the rules and the regulations, the pain and the suffering, the Jesus dying bit of the Gospels and the persecution of the early church in the New Testament? Surely they're not love songs. As we focus on reconnecting with love on the fourth Sunday of Advent, I want to suggest something a little radical. I think we've got love songs all wrong. At this time of year, I think we get the worst type of love songs, the cheesy Christmas love song. I swear, every time I hear Mariah Carey's All I Want For Christmas Is You, I want to scream, hey Siri, skip, at the top of my voice. And I know Justin Bieber has a strong Christian faith, but his song Mistletoe, with its inspirational words, with you, shorty, with you, with you, shorty, with you, with you, under the mistletoe, is not very Christmassy, in my humble opinion. One of the things I always look forward to is the list of the top songs for the year. It used to be simple in the old days. ARIA would release its list of highest selling songs in Australia. In the US, it was Billboard. One list, each country, easy. But with all the different streaming services and the way that you can access music content these days, it's not as clear as it used to be, with multiple lists to choose from and compare. I've been surprised in recent years of the amount of songs from my generation or earlier being remade or sampled by current artists. This often pushes the original artists into the charts again. A few days ago, we asked Siri to play the top 50 songs during dinner, 
and an old James Taylor classic came on. This year, I'm expecting Fleetwood Mac to be on the list with a song that was released when I was five years old and it was covered again this year by another artist. The song went viral internationally when a guy drinking cranberry juice while riding his skateboard uploaded a video to TikTok with Dreams as his backing track. A song I expect to be high on the list is a little different to the usual cover or sample. It's a song called Cold Heart, which is a collaboration by Elton John, Dua Lipa and Pinnow. The chorus for Elton's classic song Rocket Man is given new life with the new words, melodies, energy and perspective. Mary's song is a little bit like this collaboration. It's often compared to Hannah's song in 1 Samuel 2, but it also has strong echoes of Deborah's song in Judges 5 and Miriam's song in Exodus 15. These songs are among the very few parts of the Bible which was written in an ancient patriarchal culture where a woman is presented as the main voice. And these women have something very profound to say about God and about love. In the opening chapters, Luke gives us Zechariah, Simeon, the heavenly host and Mary all singing. In doing this, Luke reminds us that songs are powerful. Laments express our grief and fear. They name deep and difficult emotions and can strip them of their power to incapacitate us. Kind of like singing sad songs after you've had your heart broken. Songs of praise and thanksgiving unite us with our God and with each other. Anthems of courage and promise not only name our hopes, but also help us bring them into being. Songs are powerful, but they can be difficult. News like the tragic de death of the children in Tasmania, our personal pain and suffering can temporarily rob us of our voice. But it will not always be this way. We will catch our breath, hold on to each other, remember that we are not alone and lift our voice again in lament and praise, in promise and defiance. When you think about it, isn't that a real love song? Not just schmaltzy romantic reminiscence, but real raw gritty emotions shared to the gather, together in relationship with God and community. Now that's a love song. Mary sings of God's mercy, promising that God lifts up the lonely, the downtrodden and the oppressed, not just of her day, not just of Hannah, Deborah and Miriam's day, but of our own day as well. As we hear it, we are called to take up her song, to petition God on behalf of all those who grieve or are lonely or do not have enough food or live in places of conflict or who struggle with mental illness and care for them, and so many more. That's our love song for others. According to Luke, when Mary sang, she didn't just name those promises, but also entered into them. 
The verbs in Mary's song are all in the past tense. Mary recognises as she sings that she has already been drawn into relationship with the God of Israel, the one who has been siding with the oppressed since the days of Egypt and who has been making and keeping promises since the time of Abraham. The past tense doesn't assume that everything Mary sings about has been already accomplished. It rather includes Mary in God's history of redemption. That's a love song across the generations. We not only sing what we feel, but we can also sing what we want to feel. Mary's song is made possible by what Elizabeth saw in and through her. Elizabeth named her as blessed. I'm sure Mary was feeling a range of emotions at the time. One of them may have been feeling blessed, but it would have been mixed with a healthy dose of terror, shame, hopelessness, hopefulness, wonder and awe, confusion and skepticism. But Elizabeth, seeing the blessedness of Mary, she, Mary, is given voice to sink into that feeling. Elizabeth sees through the other emotions, but I'm sure she could easily see how overwhelmed Mary would have been. Elizabeth's words aren't named as a song, but can you see how they really are a love song? She names what Mary is longing to hear, to help her to move forward, but also helps Mary accept and live into the promises of God. In this same way, the whole of the Bible speaks life into us. Love speaks life into others. The whole of the Bible names how things should be and highlights when things aren't quite right. Love is authentic and honest. The whole of the Bible reveals God's promises and demonstrates how they work and how they can transform. Love doesn't just use words, love demands action. The whole of the Bible mixes pain with possibility, suffering with healing, hopelessness with hope, despair with joy, death with resurrection. Love is real at all times and in all ways, in good times, but especially the bad. Most people probably wouldn't see Cold Heart or even Rocket Man as love songs because they speak of longing, of disconnection, of disappointment and a sense of sadness. But I think these types of songs are more love songs than words that talk about being under the mistletoe with your shorty or someone telling you how they feel one day a year. Love songs are life songs. And Mary's song is one of the most powerful life songs I know. The Bible in its rich tapestry of story, history, poetry, song, wisdom, law, apocalypse and letter speaks of life in all its fullness and to the fullness in relationship with God. And so it is the most powerful love song compilation humanity could ever know. As we seek to reconnect to love 
this Christmas. It is actually okay to get a little bit sentimental, schmaltzy, and even romantic. But that is not all that love is. It's not even a small part of love's magnitude made possible in Jesus Christ. I hope as we sing in the week to come, we might not only turn our carols into love songs, but allow God who makes the deep love possible to use these songs to give us new life with new words, melodies, energy and perspective. Might the Christmas carols of 2021 become our life songs of 2022. Amen.